the world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is May 29th, 2020, and this week, uh, episode 201, Fire Psyop and Monkey Thief. My name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to guaranteed demonetized live stream of Canary Cry News Talk. <laughs> We're live on YouTube, Twitch, DLive, Facebook, Periscope, Twitter. Uh, and we're ready like, to go here. I like yeah. that. Gu- guaranteed demonetized. That's guaranteed. very fun. Hell it's yeah. a badge of honor. <laughs> I guess, but yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hope everyone's well, doing well uh, out there. We made it, guys. We made it to uh, our second show of the week. That's okay. I'm, I'm very happy about that. You know, we get to keep our spree going. And uh, happy 201st episode. Yeah, event episode 201, as Black Swan oh, says. That's right. This is a, this is just a big simulation, everybody. Just uh, <laughs> just to let everybody know, it's a. It's we'll a, be running some simulations. We'll be uh, creating some models, and uh, you know, just really planning out how to uh, take over the world. Yes. Um, in this episode, <laughs> and you guys get to be a part of it. I'm so yeah. happy everybody's here. I'm looking at the chat. Uh, ooh, a new user called I am a fan of Canary Cry Radio over on Twitch. All right, right off the top. Yeah, I like that. Very good. We'll be giving some more shout outs to our new cool Twitch users and guns. We are very close to uh, making partner over on Twitch. So I, uh, I want to give a big old thank you to our Twitch viewers and, you know, the YouTube viewers, DLive guys, all you guys, you're all great. Um, but, uh, you know, I really like seeing the new... The new uh, usernames coming in on the Twitch. Anything yeah. new and exciting in your personal life that you'd like to broadcast to the world? Uh, nothing really from the personal life, but uh, I did get a message from Eric, and um, I was going to share this last time, and I totally forgot, so I apologize, Eric. Uh, he put together a website. It's uh, it's on the screen for those watching, satanworldorder.com slash coronavirus. Uh, it's got hyperlinks to a lot of... A lot, a lot of information regarding the the Rona uh, videos and and all kinds of stuff. So I want to uh, you know drop the link in the in the chat there. And if anybody wants to check it out, go to satanworldorder.com/coronavirus. It's kind of your one stop shop for all of the stuff we've been talking about and others have covered uh, regarding the Rona. And, uh, the Rona. You got to get yeah. the Rona. And I want to remind everybody, you know, when you, well, long story short, go to canarycrynewstalk.com. Look at the show notes. We got links to every article and more that we yes. talk about on the show. And, uh, you know, a lot of people ask us for resources and articles and things, how to uh, communicate these things to the people they know and love well. And really, I mean, we focus on on uh, looking at articles for the most part, I mean, especially regarding Corona, especially this week, we've got a lot of articles that you can share with your, uh, your normie friends that will start to lead them down the right path without uh, getting too, you know, 
getting two tinfoil hat on him because you really don't need to get too tinfoil hatty on people um, for them to start waking up and realizing that they're getting lied to. It's it's yeah. there. We have the resources. So go to canarycrynewstalk.com and uh, every episode has show notes and links to all the articles. So yes. um, there you go. All right. So uh, before we get really going here, I do have the shortest update that we might ever have on the show. No, no. Welcome to Chinese News. Trump tweets, China. <laughs> Welcome to Chinese News. That's our Chinese That's news it? for the day. He just tweeted the word China. In China, I think he, any excl- any punctuation, exclamation marks, that could be very he, telling. He's just upset. He really doesn't like China <laughs> for the Ronas. And I think he okay. today he actually announced that uh, I think they're really stepping away from the. The WHO, the World Health Organization. So um, uh-huh. that's actually happening, I think. So yeah, the official breakaway. Yeah, the official breakaway. The uh, the yeah. what is it? Who's it? The who 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 exit? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Hooks it. Hooks it. Okay. Um, so. There is uh, no flippy update today. Don't no. worry. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people have uh, mixed feelings. A lot of people can't wait for the next flippy update. Some people don't understand it. They think I'm talking about a dolphin. Um, <laughs> so for those people, you're lucky. Have we had somebody no flippy bring up- that up? <laughs> oh, yeah. They oh. thought it was. I was talking about dolphins. Okay. Well, robot uh, dolphins. Maybe, maybe I should. Yeah, there's yeah. some robot dolphins out there. We got to keep an eye on those yeah. <laughs> robot dolphins. <laughs> but we have a different update. Yes. Razzle, razzle. That is right. And and this yeah. is a, this is something that uh, well, you can find. Actually, I first saw it on the Canary Cry dot community dank memes thread season three. Love and it. it was posted by I Fight Sin, and uh, it's just a it's a picture, or I guess yeah, it's a picture of a a note uh, in some office somewhere that says, "To whomever is placing googly eyes all over the office, please stop. Thank you." And then <laughs> over the the word "stop" is a couple googly eyes, and I can only think of one person uh, who would do me. such a thing. They caught me, man. Yeah, you know, if you're looking for a fun way to pass the day, go to Michael's or Walmart or somewhere and just get a pack of like a hundred tiny googly eyes. Just start sticking them all over stuff. <laughs> In the it's name of time. Basil. Yeah, just yeah, that's how. Yes, it'll <laughs> become a symbol, a uh, a worldwide symbol of resistance. <laughs> how are you fighting the new world order? Placing googly eyes all Placing over the googly office. Googly eyes, man. It's a subtle uh, <laughs> propaganda campaign to drive I, I, the <laughs> the powers that be. I'd uh, want to. I, I want. I like fantasizing of the this idea that whoever did this is uh, is a listener of the show, and they got the oh, idea yeah. from watching you oh, live for streaming. Sure. With, uh, oh, with for sure. Eyes. It'll be like the uh, the hand signal from Hunger Games, right. you know, that's <laughs> right. being used. Yeah. Uh, People just need to start putting googly eyes on their gas mask and yes, stuff. Yes, yes. Okay. And, uh, so that's mm-hmm. a, that's something, you know, it's not much of an update, but there you go. There's something. It's to fun. Get things it's going to replace the flippy update. But there's also <laughs> another update, probably a little more important. It's got to be biblical. Uh, Chris White just finished a debate uh, with Joel Richardson. Will uh-huh. the Antichrist claim to be the Jewish Messiah? And uh, I got through it on 2x speed because I, I didn't have too much time. 
and I, I listened to the whole thing. I also listened to Chris White's uh, uh, sort of a response to the whole debate, and I thought Chris did a pretty good job of defending his position. Why? Um, you know why he thinks the Antichrist will present himself as the Jewish Messiah, and uh-huh. Joel had some—he's had some okay points. But but the thing that's uh, the thing that really bothered me was one that that you know as normally happens in debates, they talk uh, past each other. They're, they're not really talking on certain points that are brought up, and because right. of the fact that there's a timing issue of of when things are supposed to happen. Uh, or at least biblically, a sort of a eschatological timeline that they disagree on. That's really the the crux of the disagreements of of you know who the Antichrist might present himself to be. Um, but also, Joel Richardson basically said that Chris White's position on eschatology, uh, this particular position about the Antichrist claiming to be the Jewish Messiah, is a satanic position. And uh, <laughs> I was I kind of took offense, not offense per se, but it was just kind of like, really, you're going to call this a satanic position? I mean, yeah, that's, you, know, uh, a, you know, it's one of those things where you can just put the term satanic in front of anything and uh, try to make some sort of case for it. Yeah. I, you know, listeners should know my opinion already uh, that, uh, you know, satanic is a very specific thing. Uh, so just calling everything satanic is not very helpful. But why did he call that position satanic? I don't understand. Well, I, th- I think, well, I'll let, you know, go listen to the debate. I'm just paraphrasing what I heard, which was basically that uh, you see the rise of anti-Semitism crop up again. And uh, his his position is basically he's, I think the way he described it was Chris is basically the theologian that is uh, legitimizing this idea that the, the modern Jews are trying to take over the world, and um, you know it's it's one of those it's things where it's an anti-Semitic thing. Yeah, saying it's an that anti-Semitic. The Antichrist will be the Jewish Messiah. Right, right. Yeah. So huh. okay. Yeah, I mean, he's got it. There was, there were obviously scriptures argued from both sides, uh, and it's again, it's interesting. You got to listen to it, but um, you know they're both using the same scriptures, and they're coming out with uh, coming up with different conclusions. And so that this tends to be, you know, something that happens with uh, you know, kind of, as old as time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I will say, um, Chris White did tell me that he listens to the show all the time. So what's Ooh, up, Chris? And Chris. he says, I think it may be my favorite podcast. Oh Ooh. my gosh! Did he really say that? Or he said just- that. No, that's not <laughs> that's not fake news. I didn't make that up. So you can ask him. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. If he sues for libel, then yeah. <laughs> everybody will know that you're lying. But right, uh, yeah. so far, we're good. That's very cool. Yes. Um, yeah, and we're we're big fans, and of course, uh, everybody who listens to the show is a big fan of uh, everything Chris does. Well, maybe not everything, but his work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely one of the pioneers of the the Christian truther space, if you will. Uh, so go to BibleProphecyTalk.com to check everything out. And he's also working on that pre-Wrath Rapture documentary. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be important for people to see the arguments from Scripture rather than, uh, I don't know, finagling the Scripture, I would say, to come up with other positions. But we're not going to really get into that. Yeah. Amen. In this I think, episode. Uh, I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want a big... Uh, I want a big... Uh, you, you want a big... <laughs> 
what, what do you want? A big give shout out to uh, Smiley Pants. He's in the chat. Smiley like, Pants, what up? Notice what up, me. brother? How you doing, Smiley Pants? You can go meet Smiley Pants over at CanaryCry.community. Doing yes. a lot of good work over there. And then actually, um, well, we'll be giving more shout outs later. So Okay. Uh, should we just jump right into some real news, Gons? Uh, is there anything happening right now? Is, is, is there anything happening? I mean... Uh, it is almost a new month and we almost made it through the month of May without, uh, a brand new, uh, you know, uh, end of the world, um, causing uh, shenanigans. But of course, over the past few days, the, the riots have been starting, but, um, yeah, let's get into it. Why don't you start out with some NWO stuff? Oh, it's a new world order. It's here. Burn it all. Burn it all. Actually, I think I messed up on my uh, <laughs> on my on my tabs. Your, your jingles. Oh, uh, your tabs. My tabs. Yeah, this is a you know it's it's, it's a difficult thing to have all these uh, uh, different tabs going on the the browser to show all the people's what's what's going on here. Well, while uh, you figure that out, I noticed uh, I had been posting about the show to tell people when we go live on Facebook, and I had mm-hmm. been putting the link, the Twitch link, in the post. And uh, these Facebook posts were, I mean, considering how many people uh, follow, you know, the Canary Cry page, we got over 10,000 people there, stuff like that. Uh, I think Facebook was suppressing my posts because I was putting a Twitch link in there. Oh, maybe Twitch and Facebook being notorious rivals. Um, I'm only seeing but I didn't put uh, the link in there and there's a lot more people tuning, tuning in from all over Facebook. Okay. Than there maybe was, the, so maybe the analytics needs to catch up because I'm only seeing eight people from Facebook total watching. Well, so. there's usually not very many people yeah. from Facebook, but I mean, uh, people responding to the post and stuff. Okay. So I figured it out. All right. So this is a, this is a, tweet that went out from Washington Examiner and this is a if you're just listening and you're not watching you're kind of missing out because let me paint the picture this is a MSNBC reporter talking about what's going on from from last night and the fires and all that kind of stuff and the visual is him standing in in you know news report type of you know thing situation yeah. and there's just a giant fire of a building behind him <laughs> and here's what he says yeah. I, I- I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. But fires have been started, and and there's a crowd that. Generally speaking, it's not unruly, but giant fire of <laughs> building the behind him. World is burning behind him. This is uh, fine. It's just a nice peaceful protest. Uh, <laughs> nothing to see here, folks. So they've got a nice little campfire back there, just trying to keep everybody warm. And they're passing around the marshmallows and making some s'mores. It's just a good old kumbaya protest, folks. Maybe he thought he was back at Burning Man, and uh, <laughs> he just forgot where he was. He was supposed to be reporting on the the, the civil unrest and the chaos on the streets, but instead, nothing nothing unruly going on. That just, is so funny. Just peaceful. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's okay. So there we go. And we're going to talk some more. Um, yeah. We'll about, get into a lot more. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. Are, are you good on that? You want to get this good. next there's, one? There's nothing really to, to say other yeah. than just, it's a ridiculous well, thing. 
there apparently is something to say, and uh, President Trump said it. Yep. And we all, I think most people have heard this, but I'll, I'll read this straight from Yahoo.com. Twitter flags Donald Trump looting shooting tweet as glorifying violence hyphen update. All right. So if you live under a rock, here's a little uh, brief uh, description for you, and then we'll get into it. The White House. The White House. <laughs> is attacking Twitter's decision to flag one of President Donald Trump's tweets for violating the platform's rules rules about glorifying violence. A little, little accident there, Yahoo. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Platform's rules rules. Uh, Trump's tweet about the George Floyd protest in Minneapolis referenced the unrest in the city, with the president saying, quote, just spoke to Governor Tim Walz and told him the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. The phrase when the looting starts, the shooting starts was used by Miami's police chief in 1967 when he was talking about a crackdown on slum hoodlums. The slum hoodlums being in quotes. After Twitter slapped a label on the tweet, Trump's original message was tweeted out on the White House's official account. But Twitter flagged that tweet as well. That led a barrage of criticism from the White House. Quote, the president did not glorify violence. He he clearly condemned it. At Jack uh, and Twitter's biased, bad faith fact checkers have made it clear Twitter is a publisher, not a platform, the White House said, referring to Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. The White House also made comparisons to messages sent out by Iran's supreme leader, Imam Saeed Ali Khamenei, uh, Kame- oh uh, that were not flagged. This tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. However, Twitter has uh, determined that it will allow terrorists, dictators, and foreign propagandists to abuse its platform. That was a tweet from the White House on May 29th. Today, ooh, the chairman of the FCC, Ajit Pai, also tweeted out messages from Kumani uh, under the terms of Trump's executive order issued on Thursday. The FCC may ultimately be tasked with considering new regulation that could limit uh, to scope of legal immunity that social media platforms enjoy over the way that they handle third party content posted on their site. Um, I'm going to skip this tweet from Ajit. A spokesperson for Twitter said in a statement, the tweets violate our policies regarding the glorification of violence based on the historic uh, historical context of the last line. It's connected to violence and the risk it could inspire similar actions today. We've taken action in the interest of preventing others from being inspired to commit violent acts, but have kept the tweet on Twitter because it is important that the public still be able to see the tweet given its relevance uh, to ongoing matters of public importance. With this notice, engagements with the tweet will be limited. People will be able to retweet with comment, but will not be able to like, reply, or retweet it. This was the first time the notice was used on one of Trump's tweets. The platform outlined its policies for world leaders in a blog post from last year, in which it said that, quote, if a tweet from a world leader does violate the Twitter rules, but there is a clear public interest value to keeping the tweet on the service, we may place it behind a notice that provides context about the violation and allows people to click through should they wish to see the content. 
Twitter has also said distinguishes between the types of reference to violent acts made by world leaders. In October, the company said, quote, presently foreign policy saber rattling on economic or military issues are generally not in violation of the Twitter rules. And here's an update uh, at 5.33 a.m. 5.33 update. Yeah. Trump has responded on in multiple tweets claiming Twitter is doing nothing about all of the lies and propaganda being the Democratic Party. They have targeted Republicans, conservatives, and the president of the United States. Section 230 should be revoked by Congress. Until then, it will be regulated. Twitter is doing – oh, then they reprint the tweet. Very yep. useful. Thank you, Yahoo. In a separate tweet, he tags Fox News and Fox anchor Maria Bartiromo uh, with the quote, the president has been targeted by Twitter. The official White House Twitter account has also quoted Trump's original flag message seemingly in a bid to boost its visibility. Um, uh, you've been you, you obviously saw this happen as it happened, right, Gons? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I saw the tweet, and then I saw the tweet kind of disappear and get behind one of these uh, these violation things. And if you're watching on the screen, it's it's there. It says this tweet violates the Twitter world rules about glorifying violence and blah blah blah. And um, you know, I, I was a little, I don't know, not taken back, but it was kind of when I first read the when the looting starts, the shooting starts. I mean, I had no idea that it was. A, I, I don't know that it, Trump actually referenced. The uh, the Miami guy that the the old um, story here. There's a Federalist Society link that I found that obviously talked about the same thing. Chief Walter Heedley uh, saying that the chief tried quote to control Liberty City by flooding the black ghetto with white officers equipping uh, equipped with shotguns and dogs. Uh, the year before, Headley had been quoted as saying, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, a phrase that would come to exemplify his no-nonsense philosophy, as described by six-term Miami Mayor Maurice Fury. These events and statements demonstrate that even idealistic use of force policies are no match for poor police culture attitudes and practices. And I couldn't really find, I, I can't tell if this is like, just a guy that was really hard nosed and wanted to crack down on a really, you know, a, a crime filled part of town, or if it's like a legit, hey, the guy was a white supremacist, you know, open white supremacist, whatever it is. And uh, either way, not a good look for Trump. I, I don't know if he's got people telling him to say things that are, or maybe he just heard the phrase because he's from the Florida area and this thing, you know, originated in Miami. It just sounds like something he heard somebody say. That, that's kind of <laughs> what I'm thinking that he was just kind of, yeah. Hey, I've heard this thing. And, and, and I'm sure he meant it as like, Hey, uh, once the, the looting starts, then the shooting, not shooting the people, not shooting the protesters, but that these people that are doing the, the protests are going to start firing. And there was actually, uh, I think there was a newscaster. I can't remember what, there's been so much happening so fast that I can't, I, I, we couldn't document everything for this episode, but there was a guy yeah. who basically was caught uh, playing audio of gunshots during like the fires and during a lot of the riots. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, I did not and, hear about that. Oh yeah. It was bad. It was, it was real bad. And there's a couple of people wow. shaming him and stuff, you know, right in, right in person there. So, I mean, there's a lot of weirdness going on, but one thing I want to, <laughs> I want to point out here, uh, this Yahoo article is in the entertainment 
tab. You know, Yahoo <laughs> Entertainment. So it just yeah, goes to show. Which is another kind of a, a slam towards the president. Yeah. Um, there was, during the election, the 2016 election, uh, I forget who it was. It was, it was one of the big uh, media outlets. They would do all their reporting on Trump in the entertainment section. Right. Uh, not the politics section. Right. Uh, just right. sort of as a slam and a reference to his... Uh, um, you know, shenanigans time on television there. Yeah. Um, I do got to say guns <laughs> just as a fun uh, note about the show. I think you hooked up the, uh, the chat from YouTube to feed into out. people crazy. Is it really? Should people I turn it hated off? It. Yes. Okay. We almost had a riot in the chat section. All right. Hold on. Let me, uh, the Twitchers. <laughs> no, no, I, I already banned it. <laughs> You banned it from I banned Twitch. Banned restream, brought, but yeah, but I can unban it if you want to just turn okay, that off. Okay, you did it. Great. No, I, I okay, was going to see yeah. if that, uh, yeah, if that actually was good or bad. So obviously, yeah. No, not good. apparently the Twitch people uh, they like their they like their chat uh, stream pure without the the YouTube <laughs> without <laughs> the, the YouTube comments coming YouTube. in. We're starting our own race war over here. <laughs> we got to be careful. <laughs> Tech platform um, war. Yeah, well, I got to push back a little bit on you there, Gons. I don't, um, I don't think he really th thought at all about what he was saying. I don't think he was even referring. I don't think he thought he was referring to anybody. <laughs> I think it was just a thing that he heard somebody say so, while he was down in Florida, and then just said it. You know, a lot of people, uh, especially people on the left, like to give Trump. You know, they, they call credit. him stupid. He's the dumbest person alive uh, from their uh, opinion, but also an evil genius who right. is able to <laughs> Make uh, these send references. coded messages to trigger his, uh, you know, racist Gestapo. But I, I, I mean, I, 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 I guess that's, yeah, I mean, you're that's probably like right. But yeah. at the same time, it, like, it's got to be the most unfortunate thing that he said that. And it just happens to be this, like, hard-nosed, uh, you know, Caucasian guy who allegedly was right. a little overbearing on a black community in, in the 60s. Well, and he may have been a racist. I mean, <laughs> during the, it was during the, the civil 60s. rights movement. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He may have been a racist guy. And yeah, the, but I don't think Trump is, I don't, I don't think he's specifically trying, well, dog whistle. That's a term we haven't heard in a few months. Yeah. Dog whistling. But anyways, enough about the tweet. There's enough to get into here. But yeah. uh, what that did uh, trigger was Trump's executive order about right. uh, changing the rules on social media platforms. You know, actually, um, he actually signed mm -hmm. that executive order before all the stuff happened with the with the the banning and the and the whole deal. So it was earlier in the day, the same day yesterday, he did the executive order thing. And I think it was right after mm -hmm. that, he started tweeting about it. And I mean, right away, it was, it, it didn't work, I guess. The threat didn't happen or it didn't uh, really register the whole section no, 230 thing. I think thing. this happened all on Monday. I think his tweet went out on Monday, didn't it not? I thought this tweet. Or no. no I, this tweet oh, was I'm yesterday. Sorry, I have the wrong tweet picked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, gosh. The original... The original tweet thread was basically Trump saying, I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city, Minneapolis. Total lack of leadership. Uh, either the very weak, radical left mayor, Jacob Frey, get his act together and bring the city under control, or I'll send in the National Guard and get the job done right. 
and then it was the next tweet. If you're looking at the screen, you can see it's unavailable on that thread because uh, Twitter took it down. And right. Then it was, uh, well, they fact-checked him on Monday. That was it. I think it was they a different tweet. Him on, well, that's what I mean. It was a different tweet. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what sparked. He didn't like being fact-checked, right. uh, which was started the executive order. Now, uh, just a quick uh, review of that because it may apply later. As of now, social media sites, Silicon Valley uh, as a whole, but social media companies in general are not held liable for what their posters, you know, what their users post until they start editorializing. And right. there's been a big conversation about what is editorializing um but uh trump went ahead and pulled the trigger and that really is maybe i mean honestly it might be the most uh disruptive one of the most disruptive things he's done lately of course uh other people will argue with me there but with the the amount of sway and hold that social media companies have on the world uh, changing a foundational way that they're legally uh, regulated is a cataclysmically uh, disruptive event. And it may not seem that way, especially when you compare it to, you know, a lot of bigger things that people would like to, uh, you know, would like to point out whether they don't like his response to coronavirus or they don't like this or that about him. Honestly, his executive order about uh, restructuring the ways that social media uh, companies are, you know, allowed or, you know, regulated or non-regulated or whatever, I that has the potential to be the biggest impacting thing on a global scale, really. I mean, once you start uh, kicking around the social media companies, um, that's something big. You know, the social media is responsible for whole uprisings and government overthrows in the Arab Spring and this and that. And uh, to start pushing back on them is something that hasn't really been done. You know, I mean, the classification of social media sites, you know, happened back in the late Clinton era. And uh, this is the first time that they're really getting a big pushback. And this, uh, I don't know, this, if this comes about now, the final, the final executive order has not been published that I've seen as of, you know, before we started this show. So we'll see what's actually in it. But I don't know, man, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of the section 230 is that they're you know, considered to be a neutral platform, but clearly if they're trying to sway opinions or, or trying to become arbiters of truth, then they're not being neutral. So, I mean, I mean, the really right. the executive order is supposed to just get them to back off, let people say what they want kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, there's uh, I've seen different sentiments on that. You know, people saying that, Hey, Twitter's still a private company. They can do whatever they want or, uh, uh, which does which is an argument that doesn't mean anything right at this tons point, of companies at this point <laughs> but i mean tons of companies are private companies and they can't do what they want that's not right. what private company means yeah well that's the thing it's it's not it, it's got to stay within the legal boundaries and obviously when they're starting to do this it's it's outside of that and also that um i forgot my other point it really wasn't that important we should probably move on because we got a lot to get to uh yeah the whole thing here, a lot of people in 
Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people in chat trying to uh, convince me that Trump is not a racist. Look, I'm not I'm not saying anything regarding that. I'm just <laughs> uh, I'm backing away from this conversation. <laughs> the googly eyes are slowly sinking. Uh, yeah, yes. uh, I, I think I think the, the greater thing here is that the whole the whole concept of social media to begin with was meant to be for social disruption. It, it was going to they, they had to have known the, the reason why the CIA got in the back, you know, the back rooms of Facebook early on and all that kind of stuff is because they knew that it would have the power to disrupt socially. So, you know, yeah. maybe the Trump thing will do something. I don't know. It doesn't really to me. I don't think it really matters. It, it, they're going to either uh, keep doing what they're doing or because uh, there's, a, you know, I, my first thought I remember my point. My first thought when I saw that initial tweet about Trump and the executive order and how he wants to strongly regulate, I think that was the phrase he used, strongly regulate, was Mm -hmm. that is he, and again, this is just my first thought. I didn't read the draft of the executive order or or anything like that. I thought, isn't it weird that he's trying to kind of, in a sense, um, uphold the First Amendment by in some ways violating it, but I don't know. Maybe that was a wrong thing. Wrong, wrongful thought. I don't know. Cause, cause now that, now <laughs> that you're talking about it for your wrongful thoughts, <laughs> well, because it's, it's, it's like, if you're, if you're going to be, I guess if you're a private corporate, whatever, it doesn't matter. They have the, you know, the, the ability, so to speak, to do what they want in a sense, but, uh, to say what they want, but maybe they just need to be clear about it. Maybe they just say like, Hey, we're, we're all about, Twitter's all about uh, progressive leftist new world order stuff. And that's what we are. And they, they should just be more open about it instead of like pretending like they're neutral. I guess that's what, what bothers me about the whole thing is if you're going to oh, be neutral, yeah, be neutral. Don't pretend. Neutral. Yeah. Don't, don't, if you're going to be leftist, whatever, then just be that, you know, and then well, people can what, move on to something what, else. That's the whole point. That's what Trump's saying. You know, okay. if you're going to editorialize, we're going to regulate you like an editorial company. Right. Right. Um, okay. So we'll see what that. We'll we'll see what the final thing comes out. Yeah. We'll, well it's all. It it's all. Uh, we can all agree that the whole thing is just one giant psyop. This was an NSA style hybrid war psyops. It's a hybrid war. Yeah. Very good. Uh, you want to do a quick clip? Yes. Okay. Where am I? This is heavy doc, uh, heavy.com. <laughs> now we are chatting about this. Uh, of course the riots going on, things going nuts. And as we've seen in past riots, um, of course there's always the, uh, you know, the infiltrators right. and, uh, people have been pointing or have been looking for intro infiltrators, the instigators, the, uh, double agents, going on over there in Minneapolis. Um, And this is from heavy.com. Jacob Peterson is not the AutoZone umbrella man, St. Paul police say. So here's the thing. If anybody needs an update, there was a man uh, dressed in tactical gear and a fresh respirator and some pretty heavy-duty gear carrying an umbrella. Well, Let's just actually the yep. yeah the the article will say it. A I'm viral, playing the clip incendi- in the in the background, so because we don't need to he- oh. hear the audio, so I'm just gonna have yeah. a clip playing while you Sounds read good. some of the article there. A viral and incendiary social media accusation against a St. Paul, Minnesota police officer is false. Oh, 
Okay, well, no need to go into it. The police department (laughs) said in a statement, oh, the police department said, oh, well, let's look into it. The situation shows how quickly information can spread on social media, ricocheting around the web, especially in a fast-moving situation like the unrest in the Twin City. Heavy asked police how they know that the Umbrella Man is not Officer Jacob Peterson. They are not doing a good uh, job telling people what the deal actually is. So there's a man with an umbrella who uh, started, who was kind of with the uh, rioting group or the protesting group. And he basically lit a building on fire (laughs) and instigated a riot. Um, And then people on social media quickly matched up, you know, what they could see of his face through the gas mask and the the respirator and the shield he was wearing uh, to a police officer in town and the you know the idea of course that uh, the police officer is dressed up like a protester in order to incite more violence to justify crackdowns by, by the police you know it's it's this a classic strategy we've seen it uh, forever. And that uh, gives the government the reason to use uh, stronger force and to bring in reserves from the National Guard and institute uh, some more heavy handed tactics on protesters and rioters, things like that. So here we go. Heavy asked police how they know that the Umbrella Man is not Officer Jacob Peterson. And they said that the officer had an alibi that checked out for that day and time quote we spoke with his supervisor who was with him we spoke to his colleagues who were with him and uh, said steve linders public information officer for the saint paul police department police say peterson is being falsely accused of being the mysterious black clad umbrella carrying man involved in methodically breaking windows at an auto zone during the protests slash riots which have broken out in minneapolis saint paul here's a video of the umbrella man um, so yeah, sorry. He, I don't know if he set it on fire, but he was destroying no, property. He was, yeah. He was breaking the, the windows at the auto zone with a hammer. Got it. That was caught on it. tape. A good, what a, what a fun time yeah. in a statement sent to heavy lenders wrote that the post accusing Peterson was a quote, false social media post. The man isn't Peterson. He stated, although he didn't use, uh, Peterson's name. Hmm. Weird. Hmm. Uh, The police statement read, we are aware of the social media post that erroneously identifies one of our officers as the person caught on video breaking windows in Minneapolis. We want to be perfectly clear about this. The person in the video is not our officer. Our officer has been working hard, serving his community, keeping people and property safe, and protecting the right to peacefully assemble. It's unfortunate that people would post and share this untrue information, adding more confusion to an already painful time in our community. Heavy asked police how they know as to the alibi lenders told Heavy, quote, we were able to verify where the officer was and who he was with. In fact, he was working as a St. Paul police officer protecting people and property. Heavy asked the police if (laughs) Peterson will grant an interview, but they said no, repeating that he had an alibi. Mm. Okay, well, if you say so, police. (laughs) Police also wrote on Twitter. Uh, quote, rumor control. We are aware of the social media posts that erroneously. Okay, they're just repeating, repeating every yeah. paragraph. How annoying is that? Um, 
So, yeah, there you go. According to the police, uh, uh, the policeman, <laughs> this policeman's a good policeman, not a bad one. In fact, he was on duty, conveniently. On duty, yes. Yeah. And with uh, many other people to you know, we, uh, verify his alibi. We brought a story a few weeks ago about the Rona and how mm-hmm. they only need eyebrows and eyes to identify people with their facial recognition. Yes, and, Apple uh, updated their artificial intelligence so you can unlock your phone using, uh, you know, while still wearing a mask. So right. all AI needs now is your eyes and eyebrows to know it's you. And, you know, it's with your- the AI and the and all the machinery doing it, it's kind of a mimic of the human eye. I mean, we can look at something and think, hey, they look kind of the same. And if you look at the side-by-side comparison here, which I don't think heavy published. Did they publish the side-by-side photo in the article? I don't think they did. Oh, they I saw it on the, did. I saw it on the social media post. I mean, it looks like the guy. It he's totally very, looks like the guy. He's, he's got, got very unique eye features. Yeah, kind of sunken a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thin uh, eyebrows. Unfortunately, not very flattering. Very no, sunken but, and dark and uh, sort of brooding. Yeah, but, but certainly... Uh, you'd need to see the rest of his face, I guess. But yeah, just on a glimpse and, and very pixelated. It looks like the same guy. I don't know. It's not surprising. Yeah. This kind of thing is expected if you're uh, of the worldview yeah, that we're approaching this from. Yeah, and it's not unheard of. And the con, you know, having the police station who, you know, let's just take for a second, everybody put on your tinfoil hats, okay? If uh, the government wanted a reason to use to justify heavy handed force on uh, protesters and rioters and whatever, uh, it's they did it in China, they did it in Venezuela, they've of course done it in America. It's a, it's a common tactic. What you do is you put some police officers in plain clothes to, uh, you know, up the up the ante. Get people to do stuff that justifies bringing in, uh, you know, serious force. Now, I'll push back against myself here. If uh, protesters and rioters are already setting buildings on fire, why would you need to send in an undercover cop to smash some windows? Eh, I don't know. Something to think about. There's another clip. uh, Sorry, you can finish your thought. No. Oh, but there was a, there was ahead. another clip that that we won't play. I don't I don't want to dig it up right now. But it was some guy that was in Minnesota in, in that in St. Paul, and you know some people said this guy was just on drugs. Other people said that he was uh, he was being legit. Maybe he was both on drugs or in shock or something. And he was talking about how his motorcycle was stolen the night before, and how these guys, these really well put together guys, you know, really fit. Uh, really sharp looking dudes came and they were talking to him. They're trying to get him to set the stores on fire and, uh, and they were doing wheelies on their motorcycles and, and, right. and just, just really like, you know, guys that know, knew what they were doing with, uh, some of the, you know, just motorcycles and stuff, but very aggressive, very yeah. in shape. And, um, and the guy was, you know, the guy that was on camera well, was saying, be "Cops, if they're in shape." Well, not just cops, but but you know, provocateurs, like right. hired provocateurs from wherever, trying to instigate a crowd of people that are already emotionally charged to actually yeah. start the violence. And if right. they don't do it, then you know, if they, if they can't get anybody to do it, then they'll just do it themselves. So it doesn't really matter if uh, if 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 nobody really you know picks up the baton and and starts smashing the windows because they they can just you know 
dress up as Umbrella Man and do it themselves, I guess, if if yeah. it's not going down to the level they want it to. But Those agent provocateurs, Gons. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Which, the, the, we've got the Merriam-Webster agent provocateur definition yeah. here. One employed to associate with suspected persons and by pretending sympathy with their aims to incite them to some incriminating action. Yeah. Uh, so pretty straightforward there. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and we've, we've double uh, agent. And we've brought stories about the FBI doing this to people that are have mental problems or have schizophrenia and try to get them to commit or at least agree to commit to some kind of domestic terrorist act and arrest them for it. And, you know, not, then they have footage of them saying, oh, yeah, I'd love to blow up the banks because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the ones that are evil or whatever, whatever it is, whatever they were convinced to do. Right. And uh, so, yeah, this is like a tactic that is so just i don't know it's the same tactic over and over again and i wouldn't be the least bit surprised if that police officer was uh part of this whole thing the police station already said it wasn't him why are you asking (laughs) questions because because it seems like all the police in this whole minnesota situation is uh i don't know part of the whole show because they, they didn't show up to some of the, the fires, you know, they like evacuated a whole area. And I don't oh, know. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Three precincts now. Yeah. On fire. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, eh, let it burn. Let it burn. I know. Burning it all down, man. Yeah. It's the American way. Burn it all. Burn it all. All right. What do you got? Okay. So this one, uh, let's see. Man, I got my tabs all messed up today because there's so many different stories. I think I'm going to click this one. And yes, I got it. Okay. Uh, this is on, this was on MSN.com, but it was reporting on the CNN story. I woke up to this and I, I just, I was, I was kind of angry actually at how ridiculous this is. CNN correspondent Omar Jimenez has been arrested while covering Minneapolis protests live oh on gosh. air. Yeah. Live. How convenient. And um, okay, let me just read the story. The CNN crew was arrested by police Friday morning while giving a live television report in Minneapolis where the crew was covering ongoing protests over the death of George Floyd. And we haven't actually covered too much of the, I mean, most people probably know by now what the situation is. Happened uh, so long ago at this point. It seems like so long ago. I guess it was Monday. <laughs> uh, yeah. But just all the weird things about Floyd and the, and the officer that, that allegedly killed him being coworkers. And there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. But uh, the crew included correspondent Omar Jimenez were handcuffed and detained as Jimenez gave a live report on Minnesota street shortly after 5 a.m. Police told the crew they were being detained because they were told to move and didn't. One member of the CNN crew relayed to the network, quote, a CNN reporter and his production team are arrested this morning in Minneapolis. They just repeated over and over and over again. I know. I hate this thing where they report on tweets. They'll tell you what the tweet said. You know what it is. Post the tweet and then tell you what the tweet told you that the tweet said. It's it's, annoying. It's neurolinguistic programming, man. It's it's the same thing as when they show the towers getting hit with the plane over and over and over and over. over. They just need to repeat it so that, you know, it's the whole listen. You got to hear it eight times or whatever to believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, A clear violation of the First Amendment rights. The authorities in Minnesota, including the governor, must release the three CNN employees immediately. CNN said in a statement. I like how CNN and Twitter are becoming these uh, 
totalitarian platforms here. Officers approached the crew as they moved in to arrest a protester behind them. Jimenez could be seen holding his CNN badge while reporting, identifying himself as a reporter and telling the officers the crew would move wherever officer needed them to. An officer gripped his arm and Jimenez talked uh, as Jimenez talked to them, put him in handcuffs. We can move back to where you like. We are live on air here. Put us back where you want us. We're ge- we are getting out of your way, wherever you want us. We'll get out of your way, Jimenez said before he was led away. We were just getting out of your way when you were advancing through the intersection, Jimenez said. CNN's Josh Campbell, who also was in the area but not standing with the on-air crew, uh, uh, on-air crew said he too was approached by police but was allowed to remain. I identified myself. They said, okay, you're permitted to be in the area, recounted Campbell, who is white. I was treated much differently than Jimenez was. Mm. Uh, Jimenez and the crew had been reporting from the site near City Police Department precinct that protesters uh, had burned and officers had abandoned overnight. About a block away, a fire was burning at a different four-story building that had contained restaurants. Over 100 state police officers in body armor and riot gear had arrived and lined up near the area where the CNN crew was near the precinct building on East Lake Street. After the photographer was arrested, his camera was set on the ground. The photographer, I mean the, the, the cameraman? Uh, his camera was set on the ground and continued to transmit live images. And, uh, I mean, I, I tweeted this out right away. I said, I'm sorry for my skepticism. Not really, but I say that just to be gentle on Twitter. But this looked to me like the most staged event I might have ever seen on the news. This will divide the country even more, and it's all to garner a vote. Pretty disgusting all around, in my honest opinion. The reporter was later released. And, yeah, the MSN article doesn't mention how he was released, like, what, a couple hours or something later? And uh, I mean, (laughs) you watch the video. It just looks like... (laughs) It doesn't read real at all. No. I mean, he's being held uh, by the arm and then just kind of continues to report. And then another cop comes up, kind of grabs his other arm and says something. And then he asks the cop what he said. The cop says, you're under arrest. And he leans in and he leans the microphone in to the cop. (laughs) Yeah. And, Let me see if I get to, to the and part then the here, cop man. again. He's kind of leaning and be, he's kind of shy. You know, it it it. He was acting like a guy who was told to arrest a reporter live on air, and yeah. uh, you know, that's what that's just what it reads. I don't know. Everybody can look, watch it themselves, and I mean, see what they think. But the way that he says you're under arrest, and then the reporter asks, he's like, "What?" and then <laughs> leans in leans the microphone towards him and the cop leans into the microphone <laughs> and says you're under arrest and then it then it goes from there it's the most whack thing i've ever seen yeah yeah it's almost like uh i can picture and, and by the way the backdrop of this whole thing is like the most apocalyptic thing you can you got the like the big you know uh, I don't know what a burned you, what out you, building, burned You've out got, like, building the frames. Yeah. But you got all the police officers in the riot gear all like huddled up behind them. And, but then also the ones that are around the crew. And I mean, the whole thing, I'm just picturing Soros or something even higher up in the background in some room, you know, saying like, okay, arrest, arrest, make, make the, make the move. And the other thing I pointed out, by the way, 21.7 million views of this clip just ridiculous that's a lot of people watching it and that's a lot of outrage uh manufactured outrage 
the one thing that I noticed was the cameraman, obviously there's a lot of like graffiti about Floyd and all this kind of stuff in the background, but mm -hmm. the cameraman was focused the I can't in. can't breathe thing. Yeah. It was focused in on, on all this graffiti uh, that was on some of the, the, the concrete slabs that are being placed there. And one of them clearly was the I can't breathe thing, which was the whole, uh, yeah. uh, what was the guy's, it was, it was a few years was, ago. Oh, yeah, it was one of the other cases, but it's also associated with this one. This is what Floyd was saying. Well, I know, but I think the, he was saying it because of the whole, uh, gosh, I, somebody no, tweeted. I think he was saying it because he couldn't breathe because well, he had a police yes, officer's of knee on his neck. But, but there's, no, but it's, it's been, uh, it's been a widely, you know, used, I'm trying to remember uh, the name. Somebody in the chat slogan. has got to mention uh, or, or can let us know, but I don't remember the name of the, uh, is it Eric Garner? Was that the one? Um, there are many. I know, many but there was one that, that this whole line, here. I can't breathe became a whole thing. And that, you know, athletes wearing, I can't breathe t-shirts and right. the whole deal. And I actually said yeah. back in 2014, how the whole, I can't breathe thing was propaganda to try to instigate a race war. And, and that was 2014 that I tweeted that out. And of course, they've been trying to do this for years. And, and this is like the most intense version of it that I've ever seen. And of course, just in time for uh, everybody coming outside from their, their lockdown, right? Now that everyone's... It's, it's crazy how the week everything's supposed to open up. Let's just instigate a little race racial tension right after uh, uh, Eric Gardner. Thank you. Uh, somebody in the chat there, Valley and Crowns on Periscope. Um, uh, well, and not right to mention that the police officer who, uh, you know, committed the crime uh, had something like eight or 12 prior abuse allegations. Um, right. Some of which, uh, uh, you know, well, all of which he had never been, you know, adequately disciplined for. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a ticking time bomb. But it's um, in, the other thing I wanted to point out was the whole Biden thing from early, I think it was either last earlier this week or last week talking about how, if you don't vote for, uh, for him, then you're not black during that, uh, some rapper or something. I can't remember all the details. People in the chat are probably well, better versed in some of this, but you know, on the heels of that whole thing, and, and there was a lot of full race war thing and the the staged I, i'll say it Omar i'll Blair's say staged uh arrest of a black reporter and cnn also tweeted out yeah. about how the no, other there's guy, there's no doubt that the 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 reporter gauged uh they wanted it to happen because yeah. it says right in there you know the the cops are saying we want you to move we wanted you to move we want you to move we are coming you didn't move and then, yeah, you get arrested if you don't listen to the cops. <laughs> That's just what happens. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, I mean, all you got to do is watch it. I mean, like I said, when <laughs> when the cop says you're under arrest, the reporter says, what? And then <laughs> the cop leans into the microphone and says you're under arrest. And then, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening live on the air. Yeah. And oh the C no. What a CNN HQ, you know, narrating the situation. Statement. Yeah. They're, they're narrating the whole thing. And I don't know if it was Anderson Cooper or whoever it was there. Uh, chiming in and, and you know, the, the cameraman doesn't know that the, the camera or the, the cameraman, the police don't know that the camera's still rolling and uh, just the whole yeah. dramatic, yeah. you know, placing the camera on the ground and 
Oh, it just it, it, yeah. The let's whole move thing on. Just, we got it. Ah, we know it. It bothers me though. Yeah. It just really frustrates me because <laughs> yes, it's just such it's a bothersome. <laughs> I woke up. I was very. So thank you, thank you everybody yeah. for allowing me to vent here on News Talk. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Yeah, you, yeah. What do you got? You got something else, or do you want to uh, jump in and thank some people? Let's let's take a break. Was an NSA psyops. That's right. Speaking of psyops, everybody, I want to thank everybody for watching today. We're just going to take a quick second. Don't go anywhere. Um, and I want to, we got some funny new Twitch follower names. I want to thank some people um, for following on Twitch. We are uh, trying to hit some goals to help support ourselves here. And I'm just going to run right through here. Get your finger on the dinger there, Gons. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got Not My Will 1010. <laughs> Not my will. That's like right. Lynn 8. Maureen Believes. Nice. Desert Trance. Ooh. Obadon 45. Orange Triangle Pop. <laughs> <laughs> we got Intel Spider. like it. Uh, well, oh, we finally got uh, one of our four horsemen of the technocalypse here. Mark the Zucchini Zuckerberg now follows us. The That's right. Thank you very much. Mark the Zucchini Zuckerberg. I think we have almost, <laughs> we almost have all four horsemen of the technocalypse. Uh, uh, following us. It. That's very nice of them to do that and come into the chat and try to sell their RFID chips to our listeners. <laughs> um, let's see. We also got uh, Ghost Realm 108. Nice. You remember that episode, Ghost Realm, that yeah. we did? Long, long, where the scientist uh, was talking about the Ghost Realm? Oh, okay. Yeah, a while ago. We got Cross and Crown. Like it. Reckless Roger. Ooh. The Gentleman Hair. Nice. And I think that's all we got for right now. And just so everybody knows, we are trying to uh, get our partnership over on Twitch. It's got a lot of fun tools to make the show uh, a ton of fun, especially if you're if you're viewing live, as well as giving Gons and I a few ways to support ourselves that uh, isn't just begging for donations. So we appreciate <laughs> that very much, everybody. Uh, we are a value for value model, uh, which means we put out the show, and if you get any value out of the show you get to put some value back in if that's how you want to roll um, but we'll be thanking some uh, new supporters later on in the show i think we got a super chat and it scrolled by and i forgot the name there you yeah we did we got a super chat from shahab over on youtube Thank you. She had, she had, she had. She had a note too, right? Or maybe it's a they shoot. say, "I love you guys and thanks for all your work, my brothers in Christ." You're very Amen. welcome, and thank you yeah. very much for the uh, support. There, very important. Now, remember, there's a lot of ways to uh, support the show, not just all financial, um, but you can leave ratings and reviews. You can send uh, episodes to your friends. You can create us some jingles for uh, you know different topics that we cover on the show and uh, michael sent in a jingle guns do you have that jingle ready i do and i was going to use it earlier when we were talking about trump but uh i forgot about it nice I call it the super duper missile incredible 
the super duper <laughs> missile it's incredible yeah. super duper missile it's incredible thank you michael for that we'll certainly be tracking the uh, super duper missile story as it develops uh the uh the the missile that can move what was it like mach 400 or something i don't know yeah 17 we'll, to, times we'll see the if speed that ever light. comes around um but if you're out there and you're a listener and you uh you, you know your way around some sound editing software pick something that we talk about in the show we, you know a lot of times we request jingles but you know if you want to add some value to the show and put together a little jingle for us you know but do it and send it to canary cry radio at gmail.com you're technically a producer of the show when you do that so you can tell your friends at least uh <laughs> at least trump just signs executive orders and doesn't want to super duper missile you know twitter or like jack jack's house or something yeah, and then we know, know man i know you never, you never know. know that would be that we're would be not the there control. yet but who knows I know. when we got enough super duper missiles at uh, his behest you'll have yeah. to take cover every once in a while yeah all right so a um, uh, couple more are you, are you done with all the thanking so we can move I'm on. I'm done with the thinking. Let's jump in. I want to talk about uh, just a, one more thing, uh, one or two more things about the the riots, and then we'll move on to some other topics. Sounds good. Um, we should have popped this one actually before the break, I know, but we should we'll, have. we'll follow up on it. Is a new piece of news actually on top of all this, and uh, it's we're we're reading from NBC, so you know it's a psyop. Oh, you know what? Yep, it is a psyop. This was an NSA style hybrid war psyops. I had my try, finger on guys. the trigger. No, I had my finger on the trigger, and and I thought you were going to just move on. So I went to the browser, and then you decided uh -huh. to go there, and I hit the well, key, good. and it didn't work. And yeah. good, I'm glad we could do this this uh, live breakdown. I know hitting a lot of buttons. I know it doesn't look like I'm doing much, but trust me, there's a lot of buttons to press, <laughs> and a lot the, of things to click. Give the listeners a peek behind the curtain. Okay, here yeah. we go. NBCNews.com X. Ooh, look at that. Ex-Minneapolis police officer, Derek. Now, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Do you? Uh, I've heard Chauvin. I've heard Chauvin. I, I don't know. Does, yeah. does it matter? Sure. I was... I was saying Stage Chauvin. I'll say Chauvin, Chauvin. Okay. now. Uh, Ex-Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin charged with the murder uh, in George Floyd case. So here we go. The former Minneapolis police officer. Look at that. A day or two after yeah, uh, he gets... He's now Demoted. called the former. The Gosh. former Minneapolis police officer shown on video putting his knee on George Floyd's neck for more than eight and a half minutes as he pleaded for air and his mother was arrested Friday and charged with murder. Authorities said Derek Chauvin, who was fired on Tuesday along with three other officers involved in the arrest of Floyd, was taken into custody Friday and faces uh, charges of third-degree murder and manslaughter, Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman announced. Passersby took video. Okay, and we know the rest of the story. The, the, basically, the news is he got arrested. And, uh, you know, this is an interesting thing to happen because that does not happen very often in these situations. Um, and... Especially when protests and riots are involved, very rarely, it's kind of the uh, we don't negotiate with terrorists attitude um, when governments respond to protests and things. If you haven't noticed, most of the time, 
protests and riots don't actually get many things done. No. Um, but it seems after three days of protests and rioting, uh, they they threw in the towel and they arrested the guy. They figured that he wasn't worth, you know, uh, burning down the entire city for. So they finally arrested him. And that will be very interesting to see how that happens. Now, of course, at the news of uh, Derek Chauvin getting arrested, um, there were calls and pleas out from you know, the activists involved in this, that that's not enough. There were three other officers all involved um, who just kind of stood idly by instead of Derek, uh, uh, in spite of Derek Chauvin being the, the one with his knee on the neck. Um, they want to uh, get all those guys. So that's interesting. I've not seen anything. I'm kind of skimming this article uh, so we don't have to reiterate, you know, oh my gosh, it's a long article. Yeah, they just crammed in like 30 articles into this one article. So, um, yeah. Are you on the but NBC? Are you, the guy's are you arrested. The, are you on the, the NBC News article? Because the one I was looking at yeah. was, uh, I guess it is longer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much summarized everything there. There there yeah, was some footage. Um, guys arrested. Uh, the actual footage of the, 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 basically the murder, if you want to call it that, um, there was some interesting stuff people were pointing out how, first off, uh, it, people looked up Derek Chauvin, found his address. He had multiple addresses that were connected with the number 33 and also mm -hmm. 17. And, you know, those are patterns that we often see with the, with the symbolism going on when they, any, anytime there's a, a, a situation like this. And also the, the other officer that's standing there next to him, kind of blocking the way, was an email address that was associated with this guy, Derek Chauvin's. So it, there's just some weird stuff going on all around. And in the video itself, the people were pointing out how the, 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 the medics that came and took the body of George Floyd didn't look right. And uh, because they were saying they didn't cause uh, or they didn't follow any of the standard procedures of what they normally do. In terms of you know taking the pulse or trying to revive the guy right on the spot, it was more like oh if touch his head okay yeah roll him onto the stretcher here let's throw him into the van the back of the van and and uh, there was a lot of EMTs commenting like yeah that's not normally what we do there so it, it, again a lot of questions to be asked with the whole situation and um, did see some couple uh, super chats come in yeah. We uh, got a coach. super chat from Coach Izzy. Yes, Thanks. Coach Izzy. They say, sup, Gons and Basil, love you guys, peace. And uh, one from Angel Martin Angel. over on YouTube. Chauvin, you. as in chauvinism, which means supremacism. What are the odds? Clearly a fake name. Mm. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. Fake name, um, or, or at the very least chosen to be the representatives of uh, the instigation of race war. And I, there was, this was one little thing that I forgot to do in the last section that uh, segment or whatever that uh, I wanted to play for everybody. This is Van Jones on CNN. Um, apparently Basil, if you are a uh, descendant of the Europe's or the Nordics, uh -huh. yeah. uh, you have a virus. There's another reality here that you're starting to see. So even the most liberal well-intentioned white person has a, 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 a virus uh, in his or her brain that can be activated at an instant. And so what you're what? seeing now is a curtain falling away. Look in the mirror. 
at how you choke off black opportunity, how you choke off black dignity, how you behave. People are now fed up. Uh, we, the, people are telling me they're tired of hashtags. It's not the racist white person who's in the Ku Klux Klan that we have to worry about. And James Baldwin said it best. White people in these situations are always innocent, are, are always innocent. Oh my God, I can't believe this. Teach me, educate me, help me understand. I can't this happen. Talk to me, tell me something, tell me what to do. White people are always innocent and their innocence constitutes their crime. It is too late to be innocent. You're not innocent. Ah, I knew it. I knew I wasn't innocent. <laughs> you're just, you're criminal because of the color of your skin. Man. Yeah, what exactly was he saying there? Just just that I have a virus. You have a virus because... That makes me racist? Yes. Just the mere okay. fact that you are not... That's not... I don't know, man. I've been wearing my mask. You know, I, I uh, wash my hands. <laughs> I stay socially distant and still got the virus. I'm not very happy about that. This is a... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Interesting how he would use the word virus amidst yeah. all of this to to just you know fear on top of fear. It's kind of like a, a multiple layered thing now with uh, you know be be afraid of the Rona, but also the racist Rona. Yeah, well you that know. doesn't that doesn't surprise me very much. No. Um, let's uh, speaking of the Rona, Gons. Let's speaking jump of the some, virus. Let's speak. Let's jump into some monkey business. I want to. T- tell you about the monkeys. All right. This is coming from Sky News.sky.com. News.sky.com. Article reads Coronavirus colon. Monkeys escape with COVID 19 samples after attacking a lab assistant. Oh my God. Oh no. It's <laughs> what is happening? This it's is going just down. What we need. They're preparing the planet uh, of the, the apes was a documentary. Ri- yes, exactly. The rise of the planet of the apes here. Um, here we go. The article reads a gang of monkeys attacked a laboratory assistant and escaped with a batch of coronavirus blood test samples. It has been reported. The bizarre incident saw the troop of primates launch their assault <laughs> near Meerut Medical College in Delhi, India. According to local media, the animals then snatched COVID-19 blood test samples that had been taken from three patients and fled. One of the monkeys was later spotted in a tree chewing one of the sample collection kits. The Times of India reported adding that test samples from the patients had to be taken again. The undamaged kits were later recovered, the Meerut Medical College Superintendent Diraj Raj told AFP. He added, quote, they were still intact and we don't think there is any risk of contamination or spread. That's that's what they want you to think, Superintendent. It is the latest example of the highly intelligent red-faced rhesus macaques taking advantage of India's nationwide lockdown to combat the spread of coronavirus. We reported on the monkeys taking over the the streets in India a few (laughs) weeks ago, and now it seems the monkeys are trying to do their own research on coronavirus and uh, there you go, man. I'm well, telling you, the monkeys, they're, they're going to get us one of these days. There's a lot of brain-computer interface experiments that have been done with the, with the monkeys. And, you know, at a certain point, they're going to 
one, rebel, but also two, maybe utilize the AI neural links, neural lace brain connection to the machine and and take over. And maybe there's some communication going on in the monkey kingdom. Wow, uh, you're really bringing this. Yeah, I think you're right. You know what, Gonzo? It's it's scary for us to uh, to throw ideas like this around because you know, as know. we've liked to say quite a bit recently, because it's crazy. Some of the craziest theories that you and I have had over the eight years that we've been podcasting are coming true. So I want to be very careful. <laughs> <laughs> about predicting well, the monkeys taking over because I, I wouldn't be surprised. It would not surprise me. Yeah, well, I was going to say it wouldn't be surprising because you know it it jives. It, there's a big theme of eugenics here going on. Speaking of the race war and everything, eugenics is sort of the underlying issue here, and we'll get to another story that that's concerning that a little bit later. But it's uh, it's based on this faulty idea of the theory of evolution and how we evolved from apes. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all if, uh, as a proof that we can evolve into even more spectacular human 2.0 species or whatever, that they bring monkeys to the level of humans with some kind of transhuman upgrade or something and say, see, we took control of human evolution uh, and these monkeys have evolved to human status of uh, intellect. And so, therefore, we must, you know, stay ahead of the curve and uh, enhance ourselves or else be left behind with the advanced monkeys. That's true, man. The only way to defeat the monkeys is to uh, get the cyborg implants. I've played that game. Yeah, the Elon cyborg, uh, cyborg <laughs> connect. We're all connected. We got to get you our neural already. As soon as neural nets are taking over from regular programming. So That's you right. are connected. Yeah, so you're connected to the monkeys and to the machine. I saw a uh, a clip of um, what's that guy's name? Shoot, how can I forget his name? Uh, the uh, Jay Leno, Jay Leno, oh yeah, a notorious car loving man. Yeah, yeah. He did a clip uh, with Elon Musk and drove around a cyber truck and right. drove the cyber truck through the boring tunnel, and uh, it was really awkward, man. <laughs> I think Jay Leno was just doing it for the paycheck because uh, usually, you know, he's notoriously a gearhead, and yeah. he's driving this truck around, and he's just like, oh, so. Uh, I like all the windows. There's a lot of windows in here. Was Elon in the car with him? Yeah, Elon was in the car with him. Nice. And uh, so I he really said nothing of of value Substance. about the Cybertruck, except for it's got uh, it's got big windows. And Elon says he plans to make everything five percent smaller in the truck. So there you go, your hard hitting, hard hitting Cybertruck news. I do want to give a little update here, Gons. We are number seven on the uh, Twitch seven. talk shows and podcasts uh, list right now. Nice. So that's nice. We made it up to five last show, but uh, right now we're sitting at seven. So anybody over there at YouTube or Facebook or wherever, head over to Twitch.tv. Canary Cry Radio. Let's try to go go up. Let's try to make it the number one, baby. We made it to number two once, um, but we're down at seven right now. We need to get some more viewers over there on the Twitch. Um, but uh, okay, let's go. You want to talk more COVID? Let's do one more. I think it's. Well, I got a couple more Rona stories. Got a couple more. 
Profit. This is from AJNTimesOfIsrael.com. That's Australian Jewish News. Israel invents one-minute coronavirus breath test. And it says here, an Israeli-designed one-minute breath test to tell whether someone could soon be installed at hundreds of global entry points if it gets approval from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The clever contraption, which uses frequency to detect the deadly SARS-CoV-2, was designed by a team based at an Israeli university and has a success rate of more than 90% in trials to date. Current tests of the new coronavirus use throat or nose swabs and look for particles, but the team led by Professor Gabby Sarusi at Ben-Gurion University of the Negev uh, thought outside the box in terms of detection. Quote, we asked ourselves, since the virus is just like a nanoparticle or a quantum dot, <laughs> oh my gosh, with a diameter between 100 nanometers and 140 nanometers in terms of its size and electrical properties, which definitely it can get through any kind of mask that you're wearing. That was my little extra addition there. Can we detect it using methods from the worlds of physics, uh, phot uh, photonics, and electrical engineering? We discovered that the answer is yes, this virus resonates in the THZ frequency and spectroscopy in, those, uh, in these frequencies reveals, its uh, geez, reveals it promptly. Sarusi's team has been working with Israeli's defense ministry to validate the handheld device which contains a chip with densely packed sensors to capture tiny particles from the breath, including any viruses. The chip is then read through a THZ spectroscopy, which takes about 20 seconds. Scientists look for the telltale changes in resonance in the THZ spectral range caused by the coronavirus. Within a minute, they can tell if someone is carrying the virus, even though they may be completely without symptoms. Sarusi said the idea was for, those, uh, for these breathalyzers to be installed throughout the country at places such as ports, uh, such as at ports, workplaces, and cruise ships, with each device processing breath from about 4,000 people every day. The next steps are to conclude the validation process, then get Food and Drug Administration approval, for which there is a COVID-19 fast-tracking system in place, meaning that the tests could be seen in public as soon as September. And, you know, I, I, I guess this is better than being vaccinated, you know, if we're, if it's a choice between a breathalyzer and a and 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 the uh, the Bill Gates plan of mm -hmm. uh, of uh, what was it? Uh, I can't find the jingle about. Oh, here it is. We're taking things that are genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein, right into the vein, right into the vein. Yeah. Right so vein. <laughs> if it was a choice between. You know, these genetically modified things being shot right into our veins and a breathalyzer test. I'd much rather go with the breathalyzer test. Although, yeah. you know, what if, uh, what if it's pre-programmed to call, you know, suspicious people to have the Rona even though they don't? 
Yeah, well, exactly. And, uh, you know, a, a lot like, well, let me say, you're right. I'd rather take a breathalyzer test than, uh, you know, a lot of the other, I mean, even more than the nasal swab or the this or the that. And of course, the vaccine, you know, not a huge fan of that. Um, and I mentioned a few weeks ago, I went to the doctor for an unrelated um uh, thing just uh, unrelated to corona just doing you know my Your doctor checkup. was open and nobody was making appointments so she, <laughs> i called my doctor to see when i could get a checkup and she's like uh i'm free all week man whenever you want to come in nice. <laughs> like, okay so i go in and uh she offers me the antibody test and in the past i had uh said i, I was excited to get the antibody test i think i may have had uh, coronavirus in January. Uh, I missed a couple of shows because of it. Um, I was very sick mid-January. No, I'm sorry. Mid-February, I had uh, a very intense illness of some kind. Um, and uh, my doctor offered me a little slip to get my antibody test. And I was like, okay, give me the antibody test. Let me see if I got this. But then the article started coming out that the antibody tests were not very effective and that, you know, at least 50% of the antibody tests could be false positives, um, et cetera, et cetera. And now we have uh, this article. And one thing we like to do on this show is kind of scope uh the the attitudes and the leanings of different news organizations and how that kind of transforms over time uh longtime listeners you'll know my uh my thoughts about yahoo sort of making a a lean from the left towards the middle well in and particular an with one story not i think they snapped back with the whole trump thing recently but go ahead well, either way, I mean, there's a lot of conservative people that have problems with Trump, too. But I'm, I mean, more in the way that they that they do their job. Right. Um, and we've got one here from NPR.org. And this is a classic, you know, hard, far leaning, uh, far left leaning institution. Um, and let's see what they got to say about uh, COVID-19 antibody tests. Hit me with that COVID jingle, baby. Oh, you want the jingle again? COVID. Our, uh, the article is entitled, Antibody Tests Point to Lower Death Rate for the Coronavirus Than First Thought. And of course, there is a lot of back and forth, a lot of uh, spite and despising between the left and the right and the all surrounded around the, uh, the actual death rate. Um, you know, a lot of people thinking, oh, the death rate's uh, about the same as the flu. Other people saying, oh, it's 20 times more than the flu. We heard this for thousand weeks. dead weeks and weeks and weeks. We heard it's 20 times more deadly than the flu. And uh, here we go. The article reads, mounting evidence suggests. Remember, this is NPR. Mounting evidence suggests the coronavirus is more common and less deadly than it first appeared. Hmm. The evidence comes from tests that detect antibodies to the coronavirus in a person's blood rather than the virus itself. The tests are finding large numbers of people in the U.S. who were infected but never became seriously ill. And when these mild infections are included in the coronavirus statistics, the virus appears less dangerous. 
NPR? Of, yeah. What happened? <laughs> NPR. I know, man. Quote, the current best estimates for the infection fatality risks are between 0.5 and 1%. That's down from, you know, at some point, I think it uh, sort of plateaued at its 3.5% fatality rate. That was somewhere, you know, well, maybe saying mid-March. Five. They're saying five in the next it, paragraph. It certainly right? went higher and certainly been lower, but I think sort of the average understanding was around 3.5%. But now the current best estimates for the infection fatality risk are between 0.5 and 1%, says Caitlin Rivers, an epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Johns Hopkins uh, being a very famous hospital and CIA affiliated. Uh, that's in contrast with with death rates of 5% or more based on calculations that included only people who got sick enough to be diagnosed with tests that detect the present, uh, presence of the virus in a person's body. And the revised estimates support an early prediction by Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and a leading member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. In an editorial published in late March, the New England uh, Journal of Medicine, Fauci and colleagues wrote that the case fatality rate for COVID-19 may be considerably less than 1%. Interesting. Now, you know, especially when it comes to masks and a lot of things, if you actually listen to what Fauci says a lot of the times, he plays everything down quite a bit. But the media um they, they almost don't care what Fauci says. They want to keep saying his name and they want to keep showing his picture. But a <laughs> lot of times they they ignore the facts that he says, and one of them being the death rate. But even a virus with a fatality rate less than 1% presents a formid formidable threat, Rivers says, quote, that is many times more deadly than the seasonal flu. Not that many times more deadly than the seasonal flu, but okay. The new evidence is coming from places such as Indiana, which completed the first phase of a massive testing effort in early May. Indiana's program began soon after coronavirus cases began appearing in the state. The governor's office contacted Nir Menachimi, uh, who chairs the Health Policy and Management Department at Indiana University's Richard M. Fairbanks School of Public Health. The governor wanted basic information, such as how many people had been infected and how many people would die. At the time, quote, it was really difficult to know for sure, Menachimi says, and frankly, not just in our state, but in any state. That was because health officials only knew about people who had been sick enough to get tested for the virus and that the number can be misleading. Uh, quote, it doesn't capture the vast number of people out there who might be infected but not seeking medical care. So, starting in late April, Menachimi working with the Indiana State Department of Health, led a stu study of more than 4,600 people statewide. Most were selected at random. Interesting. Most were selected at random. Just got to, you know, do some cherry picking to make sure you got s s so <laughs> to make sure you only skew some of your statistics. Yeah, yeah. Not enough to gain any uh, suspicion. Participants uh, got two tests, blah, blah, blah. They're going to just kind of tell us about how they did a bunch of testing. Um, but long story short, you got NPR here, a bastion of, uh, you know, liberal news talking about how low the uh, the death rate for coronavirus is, which does not come as a surprise to us, huh? Well, at a certain point when 
people aren't dying and hospitals and nurses are being laid off, uh, your normal uh, normies, as you like to call them, mm-hmm. would probably get a little bit suspicious with all the hype, especially mm-hmm. now. There's so many people that are, uh, you know, you're probably hearing a lot more about the doctors that were censored and, and whatever, um, unless you're really in just like a, you know, left leaning Twitter bubble or something. You, you probably have people in your life at this point, especially in America that are questioning the official narrative. So I think they're trying to keep their audience to, to a certain degree because <laughs> at a certain well, point you, know, you can't that's just, what you do. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta appeal to the, to the masses in, in some way to keep the, the, you know, advertising money coming in. So once can't people lose start looking people. at the numbers themselves, you start with a blast off number and then you taper it down as right. time goes on. So right. you start sensational and then you can work yourself, you know, towards the truth, but you want people reactionary right. when they first get the news. So that's the, that's the thing I do do think it's uh you know speaking of, well anyways that's for another part of the show but there you go official official npr report we're at 0.5 percent fatality for coronavirus okay so uh okay. on with the race war because <laughs> people are going back outside and <laughs> well i know it's crazy man first there was uh coronavirus then the murder hornets and uh, now we got to set all of Minneapolis on fire. Now, and now if you're white, you have a virus. Yes, well, you... we've always known that. Us <laughs> white people are crazy, man. You're, you're not. You may not have the Rona, but you have the racist. We got uh, <laughs> very good. Corona racist. Corona racist. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh. Well, do you want to thank some uh, thank some people? We got a couple more stories, but before we do, yes, let's let's thank some people, and then uh, we got some interesting, a couple very, yeah, yeah don't very go anywhere. Stories. We've got some very interesting. Uh, we're going to be talking about some Epstein and transhumanism combined. What? And then uh, some very interesting studies uh, going on with cannabis and uh, the Bible, and uh, you know, well, some rabbinical stuff. It's going to be very interesting. So stick around. But first, we want to thank some supporters of the show just so everybody knows just to reiterate we do not believe in selling your attention to corporations for our own personal gain the show is free and usually that means that you are the product but we are doing our best to keep our conscience clean as far as that's concerned uh because uh, you know what it's uh, we're getting demonetized all over the place we've said no to many big advertisers now that want to want us to sell them your trust dear listeners but so far so good we have some very generous listeners and we go by the value for value model And it's very simple. We put out the show, and if you get any value out of what we put out, then it's uh, you have the opportunity to put value in. One way of doing that is by donating to the show at patreon.com slash ccnt. And uh, let's thank some people. So since last show, we have one new supporter. Actually, no, we have one upgrading supporter over on uh, the Canary Cry News Talk Patreon account, patreon.com slash ccnt. 
WCNT, and I want to big, give a big old thank you to Aaron B. Aaron B. Thank you. Aaron B., thank you very much. As I always like to say, you know, it's 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 hard already to get new people to uh, support the show. It's even harder to get people to upgrade their uh, current pledge. And thank you, Aaron B., so much uh, for upping your pledge. That's uh, that's makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Yes. And uh, we... You know, we've spread out a whole bunch of different Patreons here, but we do have one for Canary Cry Radio and definitely wanted to thank those people who have become uh, supporters on the Canary Cry Radio Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. Uh, we have Syrian Soper. Thank you, Syrian Soper, for being a supporter. We got a, a big pledge from Ghost Realm. Ghost Realm. Oh, a new Twitch. They followed on Twitch and supported the Ooh, show. Thanks, yeah. Ghost Realm. There you go. Uh, we also got a support from Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. And also from Ernesto. Ernesto. And uh, one from Corwin. Thank you, Corwin. Corwin. I see, Corwin. Oh, Corwin yeah, I, see, seen, uh, I see Corwin in the chat. And this this is the beauty of doing live stream is we can kind of break, not break, but we can kind of report on things that are happening uh, right now. And apparently, uh, according to Corwin, um, CNN headquarters logo defaced as protesters gather. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Where is that? Atlanta. Their headquarters in Atlanta. Huh. I just I just pulled this up. Uh, Atlanta people are taking uh, over in front of the entrance of CNN's headquarters. A protester getting cheers from the crowd was seen with a Black Lives Matter flag uh, on top of the news outlet's logo, which was defaced with writing that included the word love. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Massive amounts of people have gathered in front of CNN's headquarters in Atlanta. Activists spray painted the logo, breaking a window and tagging doors while protesting the death of George Floyd. The Minneapolis officer who blah, blah, blah. We know about that. Um, anything else here? Okay. There's a tweet here from Fernando Alfonso. Protesters getting dispersed by police as the destruction if police cars outside the CNN centers continue, I think he, there was a little typo there, but certainly looks like a little civil unrest, but you know what? Is it related to the reporter getting fake arrested? I don't know. I'm not sure. Huh. I'm not sure about that one, but, okay. uh, well, I do want to say, uh, Aaron B who is, uh, the, the one who upgraded their support, um, is Incarnate Unlimited in the chat. Oh, Who's been go. pretty much at every show for the past uh, at least few weeks. So thanks, Incarnate Unlimited. Yeah. You are the man. I, I'm hoping... Aaron. <laughs> just, just based on this little story with the, the CNN headquarters, I'm hoping it's not that they... <laughs> that there's an, like a counter-protest from uh, people that that saw the whole arrest and thought that it was all fake and... And now it's time to really tear down CNN. And, well, that's what I'm wondering. I yeah, wonder if I don't they're know. protesting CNN because because of the fake reporter arrest. <laughs> that would be that pretty would funny. be interesting. I mean, if there's any reason, yep. you know, lying uh, to the country is a good reason to. Good point from uh, uh, yeah, two cardinals and a pack of Marlboro Reds on on uh, YouTube. CNN and BBC are both Tavistock programs. If you want to do a little Google search, definitely check out the Tavistock Institute and their hand in a lot of this propaganda uh, 
mechanism check or it apparatus. Out. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Yes. Okay. So we're, we're thanking people gone. So I'll yes. let you pull up the, uh, if there's any more new PayPal supporters while I cruise over to the Twitch. I think we've got a couple more Twitch uh, followers to thank. I think, let me go okay. see here. Um, Yes, we've got Mr. Chucky 63. Thanks Mr. Chucky 63 for following. We've got <laughs> The Mask is the way. <laughs> the That's Mask awesome. is the way. Welcome to the show. We've got Canary Screamer. Oh. I've seen Canary Screamer has been in chat all day. Glad. Uh, thanks for following. And uh, I think those are the new ones. All so right. Thank you very much. And I'm not sure why you're not popping up on the new list, uh, Mary Moore, but uh, I see Mary Moore the Red is following us as well. Yeah, he's got, so, I think he, he's been censored on Twitter and stuff. Something, something going oh, on. Oh, yeah. There. He's good at getting his stuff demonetized and taking down, <laughs> taken down. So <laughs> glad you made it, Mary Moore. Um, Okay, there you go. What do you got? Any more supporters to uh, thank? Nobody new on the PayPal's, but okay. Uh, I think we're we'll right. with the Patreon. Well, thank you guys very much. Like I said, we are your essential employees. We got nothing else going on. So if you like the show, uh, it's up to you to uh, put some value back into it. We do this three times a week. We're we'll, uh, doing our best, at least, to do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Write this down, folks, because I get people asking me all the time. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, sometime between noon and five is when we go live every week. So make sure to tune in next time. Next show will be on Monday. And uh, if you want to help out the show, you can go to patreon.com slash CCNT. But if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. You can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canary. CryRadio.com slash support. That's right. You can head over to CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. We've got PayPal subscriptions. We've got one-time donations if uh, commitment's not your thing. There's also uh, cryptocurrency and all sorts of fun ways to support the show over there. And like I said before, uh, if you know your way around some uh, sound editing software, you can always help out by making us some jingles, uh, even if you're doing whole songs. You know, we had we had that guy who put together the uh, rattle the cage song that we play at the end of the show yeah. coolest thing ever if you're out there you're a creative person want to make something for us to play on the show or at the end of the show um just send it on over to canary cry radio uh, at gmail.com canary cry radio at gmail.com and if you're looking for other ways to support the show make sure to uh, leave a rating and a review and things like that uh, and we'll talk more about that after uh, we hit a couple more stories what do you say guns Pulled out an old one. The Epstein didn't kill himself jingle. I know. Remember those days? Such innocent times. <laughs> I know. Just every week goes by. We're like, oh, last week was much less stressful than it <laughs> is this nice week. Such a nice time. Uh, digitalspy.com Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich The disturbing detail That was not included In the documentary So I guess there was A documentary out uh, Called Filthy Rich About Jeffrey Epstein uh, I had heard about it A little bit But didn't know too much Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich Is a four part Netflix docuseries Which lifts the lid On the 
uh, titular billionaire financier and pedophile who is now deceased, allegedly. Hmm. It was ruled in 2019 that he took his own life in a Manhattan jail cell, but some, including Epstein's brother Mark, believe that he was murdered. Mark hired a renowned forensics expert to take another look at the autopsy, and he too was extremely skeptical about Epstein's cause of death. Those who are well acquainted with the harrowing tale of Epstein and his former girlfriend and associates, Ghislaine Maxwell, who has also been accused of both procuring girls for him and abusing a number herself, allegations which she has repeatedly denied will know much of what happens across the episode. We hear from several survivors, including Virginia Roberts, Goofrey, uh, I think it's Goofrey, who claims that she was trafficked to London by Epstein in 2001 when she was 17 years old and pressured into having sex with the Duke of York. Prince Andrew has repeatedly denied all allegations leveled against him. Filthy Rich briefly touches upon the backstories of both Epstein and Maxwell as well as exploring their respective personalities. We learn of the, quote, molestation pyramid scheme and the numerous authority figures who failed uh, the abused. From the disturbing art in Epstein's home to the surveillance system he had installed in his New York residence for his own voyeuristic entertainment and alleged blackmail purposes rather than security, there's a lot to take in. But one extremely sinister detail isn't touched upon. It was reported by the New York Times last year that Epstein, quote, hoped to see the human race with his DNA by impregnating women at his mm -hmm. ranch in New Mexico. Annie Farmer, a survivor who features in the series, claimed that she was sexually abused by Epstein and Maxwell at the property. Epstein was reportedly fascinated by transhumanism, which is the belief that the, human, uh, the future of humanity will require the human body to be artificially enhanced or improved using technologies such as genetic engineering and artificial intelligence. It has been compared to eugenics, which supports selective controlled breeding to weed out any unwanted traits or characteristics in a bid to improve the human race. The report mentions that Epstein had spoken to scientists and business individuals over the years about his plan, but there's, quote, no evidence that it ever came to fruition. He would regularly rub shoulders with scientists and academics at dinners and gatherings that he himself hosted or attended, as well as regularly donating sizable funds to various causes. A charity set up by Epstein donated $20,000 to the World Transhumanist Association in 2011, which now goes by Humanity Plus. Basil, we've been covering Humanity Plus since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, uh, quote, an, uh, an organization that advocates the ethical use of technologies such as artificial intelligence to expand human capacities. That figure reportedly grew to $120,000, uh, which is not that much money. Uh, at least publicly. When the news broke last year, former Republican presidential candidate and founder of the transhumanist party, Zoltan Istvan, said via Telegraph, quote, this is the largest media coverage we have ever experienced, but this is the worst type of coverage. Lots of damage control is being done right now. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, seriously. You want transhumanism to go mainstream and uh, it's on the shoulders of Epstein. Jaron, Jaron Lanier, a computer scientist who is described as, quote, the founding father of virtual reality, told the New York Times that he spoke to a NASA scientist at a dinner party at Epstein's New York mansion. The individual claimed that Epstein wanted to have, quote, 20 women at a time impregnated at his ranch. 
That is wrong with this dude. It was an idea supposedly based on the repository of germinal choice, a sperm bank set up by U.S. billionaire Robert Clark Graham in an underground bunker on his ranch near San Diego in the late 1970s. He wanted to save the human race by spreading the seed of noble lotterates and other intelligent individuals. Epstein's lawyer did not uh, lawyers did not respond to the publication's request for comment. So, uh, you know, we've known about this, but interesting how Netflix would uh, purposefully omit a very, I would say, a very important part of the Epstein uh, saga, if you will, which is his interest in uh, transhumanism. And I see Titus Frost in there on DLive. Epstein paid for Sophia the robot. And uh, Titus Frost has been tracking a lot of the Epstein stuff and his eugenics uh, transhumanist shenanigans as well. So definitely check out his channel for all that. But uh, there you go. Uh, Netflix documentary. If anyone, you know, you did brings up the conversation about, Oh, I saw the Epstein Netflix thing. And Oh, he's such a creepy dude. Well, they left out some of the creepiest parts of, of his whole deal. And that's why you listen to Canary cry news talk, everybody, because we were talking about his weird little baby ranch <laughs> back in <laughs> the day. Ranch. Which, uh, yeah, you know, and so of course YouTube left it out. You know, they don't need to, they're, they're there to censor themselves because of course fund, I mean, I think their stock, their stock price is insane right now. So they're, they are, uh, owned and operated by the, uh, people like Epstein. Um, so of course they don't want people knowing about the crazy baby ranch, yeah, the baby ranch and the, and the robot future. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, Netflix being, that's interesting too, because they have so much of that transhumanist propaganda and so many other shows. Oh yeah. They're just totally, Maybe that makes they sense that they would that not way. want to do that because they, ha- yeah, because they're almost the bastion of that propaganda right now. So right. yeah. Why would they associate the two together when, uh, when obviously they're, they're part of the whole agenda there. So makes speaking of, of which, Speaking of which, I've uh, I watched some more episodes of Upload last night. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Getting ready for the show, mm-hmm. you know, part of my research. Uh, Upload is a show on uh, Amazon Prime that deals with uh, uploading consciousnesses, um, a topic that we have been covering for eight years now, and uh, I'm still waiting for my royalty check from <laughs> Amazon Prime. Um, and uh, just a fun little detail. I don't want to do any spoil alerts because okay. it's a really fun show to watch. Uh, I, th- I don't understand how anybody who's not a Canary Cry listener enjoys it. But uh, if you're a Canary Cry person or Canaries in the Canaries, Canaries. Canarians in the house, um, you'll enjoy watching the show because it's basically y- you already know about everything and where everything's going as you watch the show. Um, it's about, uh, you know, uploading consciousnesses uh, to create a man-made afterlife, then hopefully, you know, being able to return the consciousnesses uh, to some sort of cloned or printed body. That's all uh, wrapped up in there. But the most entertaining thing about the show for me, the funniest little thing for me, was uh, they have um, one of the Choke Brothers who has been uploaded into uh, the super fancy, um, you know, afterlife, the rich people's afterlife, uh, you know, uh, being a play on the uh, the Koch brother who died. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it? Was it David? 
was David the one who died? I don't know. One of the Koch brothers died. And in this uh, upload world, he got uploaded into uh, into, you know, virtual heaven. And uh, he makes a few appearances and actually (laughs) interacts with the main character. So I found that extremely entertaining. Mm. Um, And I'm not getting paid by upload uh, for any reason. And I'm upset about it. Okay. But I do want to give a shout out to Javella Stoic 77, a new follower on Twitch. And uh, they say, I draw as I listen. Can I send you guys the art illustrations I make as I listen to the podcasts? Oh, that'd be they really cool. Of the subjects, what is the official email? And that's awesome. Of course. Any artists out there, you know, we, we do talk a lot about jingles and stuff like that, but I would love to get a bunch of art into the email as well. And so if you uh, are an artist or a creative person, uh, you know, send any and all Canary Cry themed art uh, to Canary Cry Radio at gmail.com that's canarycryradio at gmail.com so thank you very much let's do that let's get it going yep um okay guns i got some for you are you ready to talk about weed i don't know why we we don't have anything to address the show far the the closest thing to the story yeah that's actually very uh very uh, apt sound effect this is from sciencedaily.com and the article is titled new research reveals cannabis and frankincense at the judahite judahite mm-hmm. uh judahite shrine of biblical arad interesting Analysis of the material on two Iron Age altars discovered at the entrance to the Holy of Holies of a shrine at Tel Arad in the Beersheba Valley, Israel, were found to contain cannabis and frankincense, according to new article in the journal Tel Aviv. Past excavations revealed two superimposed fortresses dated to the 9th uh, to early 6th centuries BCE, which guarded the southern border of biblical Judah. Highly important Iron Age finds were unearthed, including a well-preserved shrine that was dated to CA uh, 750 through 715 BCE. Two limestone altars. The smaller altar is 40 centimeters high and about 20 uh, 20 by 20 centimeters at the top. The larger is about 50 centimeters high and 30 by 30 centimeters at the top were found lying at the entrance to the Holy of Holies of the shrine. Evidently, they had played an important role in the cult practices of the shrine. An unidentified black solidified organic material was preserved on the altar surfaces. Past analysis of these materials failed to identify their content and this dark material was recently submitted to organic residue analysis by modern methods. The study reveals that on the smaller altar, cannabis had been mixed with animal dung to facilitate heating, while the larger altar contained traces of frankincense that was mixed with animal fat to promote evaporation. These unique findings shed new light on cult practices in biblical Judah, suggesting cannabis was used here as a deliberate psychoactive to stimulate ecstasy as a part of cultic ceremonies. 
Lead author Aaron Airy from the Israel Museum in Jerusalem commented, quote, this is the first time that cannabis has been identified in the ancient Near East. Its use in the shrine must have played a central role in the cultic rituals performed there. Frankincense, frankincense comes from Arabia, therefore the presence of frankincense at Arad indicates the participation of Judah in the South Arabian trade even before the patronage and encouragement of the Assyrian Empire. Arad provides the earliest evidence for frankincense in a clear cultic context. Frankincense is mentioned as a component of the incense that was burned in the Temple of Jerusalem for its pleasant aroma. The fortress mound of Telarad in Beersheba Valley in southern Israel was excavated over 50 years ago under the Direction of the late uh, TAU Tau professor uh, Yohanan Aharoni. So there you go, Gans. Uh, cannabis being used on the shrines in Judah. Yeah, that's a very interesting use of the word cult there. Yeah, are they? Uh, uh, obviously, the you know being silent science daily and uh, you know a secular institution. Um, are, are they using cult in the sense of, uh, you know, instead of using the term religious, like in the, well, let's look it up. Well, I don't have a keyboard. You should look up to see what uh, uh, definitions of cult exist there. Do you think this was a Judeo practice? Well, uh, it could have been, it could, but, you know, the, one of the things that I noticed right away was the mixture of cannabis and what was it? Animal dung animal dung and uh biblically there isn't explicitly any kind of uh direction to mix cannabis with animal dung for any type of ritual yeah um, however there is some stuff that 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 yeah, it's kind of interesting i wanted to share some of that with you and and see what you thought about it and this is a uh, stuff that i know people have uh researched in the past but one of the the word, and I have to ask Michael Heiser about this because uh, I've been meaning to see what his thoughts are on, the, are on this. But uh, there's a passage in Exodus 30, the anointing oil, uh, verse yeah. 22 and 23. The kana or whatever. Yeah, the word cane. It's translated cane in the English. Uh, and, and I'm just going to go to the, uh, for a lack of a better resource, <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and go to this uh, Wikipedia page that has a whole outline on the etymology of the word cannabis. And there's a whole segment there on Semitic etymologies. And uh, it says here, Semitic etymologist Sula Bennett of the Institute of Anthropological Sciences in Warsaw had indicated the origin to be uh, the Hebrew word konabos or kanobos. Uh, mm -hmm. Kana Bosom, Bennett, uh, Bennett, also known as Sarah Benetoa, is quoted saying the astonishing resemblance between Semitic Kanbos and the Scythian cannabis leads me to suppose that the Scythian word was of Semitic origin. These etymological discussions run parallel to arguments drawn from history. The Iranian Scythians were probably related to the Medes, who were neighbors of the Semites and could easily have assimilated the word for hemp. The Semites could also have spread the word during their migration through Asia Minor. Uh, this is Bennett in the Book of Grass. And it says here, the word Ganzigunu is referenced from stone tablets dating 700 BCE, which is right around that time the, the temple there, or the little shrine there was uh, dated, that indicate a connection with Eastern and Near Eastern terms for the plant. Ganzi, Ganja, uh, Ganu to Kane 
or I guess cane, cane for cannabis. This substance was used for witchcraft and prescribed as a useful remedy for a variety of ailments, including depression and impotence. Um, and uh, so Hebrew cannabis from cane bosom may derive from Sumerian kunu, uh, kunibu, uh, though the final S does not seem to be present in Akkadian or Sumerian forms, leading authorities of the etymology on both the German and Russian language list a Sumerian cognate. And, uh, you know, this is I, I, it's very fascinating when you go look at it. You dig up the word for cane there, cane, uh, Strong's H7070. And it's uh, translated a stock or reed. And uh, one of the translations, according to the NASB translation, is calamus. And um, if you look up what calamus is, calamus is a plant. Uh, it's not cannabis. It's calamus. Uh, but interestingly enough, it treats inflammation and diarrhea and, and stomach issues. And uh, according to WebMD, it is thought that chemicals in calamus cause muscle relaxation and sleepiness. These chemicals might also reduce swelling, kill cancer cells, and kill insects. So hmm. there's that aspect of it. But also, um, you know, if you keep going down this, uh, this, uh, you know, the the Wikipedia page here. Raphael McCollum and co-workers at Hebrew University of Jerusalem suggest an alternative etymology for cannabis. The Greek cannabis uh, from Arabic or uh, Arabic kunab from the Syriac kunapa from the Hebrew panag, uh, which equals banga in Sanskrit, Sanskrit and bang in Persian. They explain that in Hebrew, only the consonants forms, uh, form the basis of a word, and the letters P and B are frequently interchangeable. The authors think it probable that Paneg, mentioned in the Bible by the prophet Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel 27.17, which we'll dig into in a second here, is in fact cannabis. The Hebrew term, uh, the biblical Hebrew term, Kane Bosem, literally aromatic reed, Kane reed, and Bosem aromatic, uh, probably refers to cannabis according to some etymologies, but it is more commonly thought to be lemongrass, calamus, or even sweet cane due to widespread translation issues. And uh, later on in this thing, it says cannabis was a common material among the Hebrews. The hempen frock called simla in Hebrew was worn as a mark of the lowly. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia also asserts the following, which uh, again references this idea of hemp being used uh, which is not surprising if you if you know anything about some of the the plants that were around back then, and what it was used for. Even at the beginning of the founding of this country, uh, hemp was being used for rope and paper and all kinds of stuff. Um, and then uh, I did look up the article that was referenced uh, on the ScienceDirect.com, a random walk through a cannabis field, and the study. I couldn't actually get the paper, which cites the whole connection with. Uh, not the cane word, but the paneg word, paneg from Ezekiel 27, 17 being referenced to cannabis. And in the abstract here, it says in the first part, we discuss and try to explain the reason for the absence of the term cannabis and possibly also, also opium in the Old Testament. In the second part, we bring evidence that contrary to widely held views, stereospecificity that's a hard mm -hmm. word to say, of cannabinoid action is extremely high and in certain cases almost absolute. So that's why I'm very interested in finding out more about this, uh, this use of 
cannabis in the uh, Old Testament here. And I looked up paneg. And uh, according to Strong's, this word is only used once in the entire Bible, and it's used by Ezekiel. And I like the translation here from Strong's. Probably a kind of food, perhaps cake. <laughs> That's their definition. Maybe cake? I Maybe, don't know. Cake? That, I, we think it was cakes. So <laughs> like, even the, the Strong's concordance is uncertain about the word here. Uh, and of course, Strong's being a little bit older in uh, some of the translational uh, methods and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that there was some cannabis being used on this altar. Again, there's no place in the Bible that tells you that you're supposed to mix cannabis and uh, and uh, an, an animal poop and make some kind of weird hash thing going on on little altars and burn them and and whatever. But there is some suggestion that perhaps it was used in the anointing oil for the royal priesthood and uh and perhaps you know ezekiel was referencing uh a similar type of situation where um i think the passage here talks about trading balm and wheat uh and millet is translated in the english as millet but uh you know it's another one of those things you got to look into at least and keep an open mind about because we know that the whole uh, cannabis industry partly why it's illegal and all that kind of stuff has to do with the propaganda of the tobacco companies back in the early uh century there so that's all yeah. i have to say about oh. it what do you what do you Very think Basil? interesting topic and one that uh is both i wouldn't say divisive but lots of different views on that and our on our crowd on really i mean it's 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 a beautiful sight to see uh you know people who can have different differing views on something like cannabis but still come together and uh you know get along so uh, it would be interesting to actually do a whole canary cry radio episode on cannabis and i I know mike heiser has a bunch of uh, a lot of interesting things to say about it as well as far as its uh uh references to the bible and things like that um so i don't know maybe we'll have to uh, put something together yeah it's definitely interesting to dig into because it's a uh, I think they had shown that uh, some of the medical medicinal uses uh, has uh, done some good on cancer. And there was a story out a few weeks ago about how it helps prevent people from getting the Rona. So <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. It made the rounds. So there, there's some interesting stuff happening there not suggesting everyone go out there and, and, you know, start, start packing, whatever, but yeah, uh, well, that's yeah. good. Um, well, good. We're, we're going to start landing the playing guns. I do have a live update, though. I'm going to give you a couple seconds. I'll stall for you while you find the drone uh, jingle. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, poking around. Again, one reason, another reason why I love doing live shows, because things can pop up. People send me stuff during the show here, and uh, something came through that was uh, interesting enough. I thought we should mention it on the show. This is Vice.com, and uh, the article's titled, Customs and Border Protection is Flying a Predator Drone Over Minneapolis. Ooh. Drone strikes have saved lives. Can we shoot them down if over our property? Property. Drones. Drones. Customs and Border Protection is flying uh, a Predator drone military technology used for surveilling and killing terrorists abroad or Americans. Uh, oh, we don't need to talk about the Obama presidency here. Uh, what? Obama many- did bad things? I did no, not know this. Obama's fine. I did not know this. <laughs> 
over Minneapolis as per, uh, <laughs> let me just start this over. Customs and Border Protection is flying a Predator drone, military technology used for surveilling and killing terrorists abroad over Minneapolis as protesters continue to demonstrate against police brutality. According to publicly available flight data, the drone floor uh, flew <laughs> the f- drone flown over Minneapolis is an unarmed version of the aircraft. The drone was first spotted on a flight tracking tool by members of the ADSB Exchange, a community of flight watchers who use open source flight data to monitor America's skies. Presumably, the drone is surveilling protests there. Those CBP did not respond to a request for comment about what the drone is doing there. Quote, CBP Predator Drone CPB-104 circling over Minneapolis at 20,000 feet. Jason Palladino, an investigative reporter at the Project on Government Oversight, tweeted on Friday, quote, took off from Grand Forks Air Force Base. These latest protests come after a white police officer killed George Floyd, uh, an unarmed black man earlier. Earlier this week, the officer and three others involved in the incident were fired on Friday. The Associated Press reported that the officer who knelt on Floyd's neck has been arrested. Motherboard verified the flight path of CPB-104 with flight data from ADSB Exchange, a repository of unfiltered flight data. The drone took off from the Air Force Base before making several hexagonal-shaped flyovers around Minneapolis, according to the data. At the time of writing, the drone is still above the city. And I don't know if you can uh, get that uh, visual up up there. Very interesting. I had the business insider here. Yeah, 104 is a drone with a history. In a 2007 popular mechanics article, author Jeff Wise names that aircraft as a Predator. CBP-104 has no pilot on board. The plane is a Predator B, a sophisticated unmanned aerial vehicle, UAV. The article says, describing a surveillance action on the U.S.-Mexico border. CBP-104 is also named in daily drone flight logs from cbp Uh, from 2012 published by the Electronic Frontier Foundation. The drone's activities at the time included collecting synthetic aperture radar imagery and full motion video to aid in actions such as surveilling the border as well as surveilling and busting cannabis grow ops and methamphetamine labs. Uh, In one instance, the logs note that the drone continued to circle and feed video of two officers until every suspect in a lab raid was arrested according to the logs this ongoing surveillance quote played an invaluable role in the arrests in an online chat with motherboard paladino also pointed to the aircraft's previous flights along the canadian border its near perfect hexagonal flight path and its constant altitude of twenty thousand feet mentioned in the flight data as additional evidence that the aircraft is a drone Hexagram. Um, yeah. Hold on. Let me Just see. Just a straight up. Uh, hec- well, hexagon, not hexagram. Hexagon. Yeah. But uh, still, that's very interesting. There you go. Let yeah. me just uh, blast through, see if there's anything uh, in- else interesting in the article here. Motherboard has previously visited Grand Force Air Force Base, blah, blah, blah. They talk about uh, the base a little bit. In 2015, the FBI surveilled Black Lives Matter protests, 
protests using aircraft over Baltimore after people there protested the police killing of Freddie Gray. After the publication of this piece, CBP confirmed it operated an unmanned aircraft over Minneapolis. Earlier today, a U.S. Customs and Border Protection Air and Marine Operations unmanned aircraft system was preparing to provide live video to aid in situational awareness at the request of our federal law enforcement partners in Minneapolis. The unmanned aircraft system provides live video feed, blah, blah, blah. Yep. There you go. It's the looking here. Nothing. Yeah. They're, they're putting the hex on over the city and they're, uh, they're using the, uh, the Saturn tornado shape. Oh yeah. The, 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 yeah, the hexagon, this Saturnal hexagon. Yeah. Ooh, some witchcraft drones, man. Uh, Casting a hex. Man. Oh yeah. All right. So there you go. If you're in Minneapolis, stay safe and watch out for, uh, uh, you know, air to surface missiles there. You know, um, this whole thing happened around St. Paul, right? Yeah. The, isn't, isn't that the capital of Minneapolis or Minnesota? I mean, I don't know. I think Minneapolis is the, I don't know anything no, about Minnesota. Minnesota is St. Paul. I, I memorized the 50 states and the capitals, man. I, I, I memorized that song. Okay. <laughs> Baton Rouge, Louisiana, know, Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. St. Paul from listening to uh, Prairie Home Companions. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, interesting. St. Paul being a biblical reference there. To, Ooh, you know. called it. Yeah. All right. All right. So there you go. Anything else coming up on the radar for you here, Gons, before we start landing the plane? I think, I think that's it for now. Landing the drone. Why don't you landing hit that the- drone? Thing drone strikes have saved lives. Can we shoot them down if over our property? Drones. So on it, I stepped on you. Drones. I know. I like. I'd rather. <laughs> I'd rather be that way than the other way around. So, good job, everybody. Good job, Gons. Um, I'm sorry. Did I let you say any last words before we land here? I just like uh, Careberry305 on Twitch. Twin Cities, Twin Towers. Mm. just Mm. connecting the dots just asking questions folks just asking questions just why why all right everybody thanks for listening here's the thing i want to give a big old thank you to a couple more twitch followers spud the mud and and, uh i'm r rogers or nope one mr rogers oh mr rogers mr rogers is here that's great. We got all the cool guys over here on Twitch. Thank you guys for watching on Twitch. Thank you for watching wherever you are, YouTube, Facebook. Um, we're happy to do it. Now, here's the thing you got to remember. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash CCNT, or you can head to canarycryradio.com uh, slash support. Canary. CryRadio.com slash support. That's right. And you can add value to the show in a lot of ways. Leaving ratings and reviews is a great way to do it. You can also send us your art, send us your jingles, send us your uh, Canary Cry Radio related music. You can send all of that to CanaryCryRadio at gmail.com. CanaryCryRadio at gmail.com. 
www.ghostbusters.com. Go ahead and do that. But there's another way to help the show, and that's by letting people know. Y'all got your friends and family that still get their news from other podcasts or the mainstream media or uh, their Facebook wall. Oh, my gosh. Here's what you got to do. You got to save their lives. You got to walk right up to them, grab them by the cage, and then what? You gotta shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that! Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? That's right. You got to go out there, rattle some cages, let them know uh, where to go, especially on Monday, Wednesday and Friday, sometime between 12 noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Let them know they can head to twitch.tv slash canary cry radio. Thank you guys so much for following us and watching live there. It's got a lot of great stuff that's going to open up for us over the next couple weeks. And uh, let's see. Am I forgetting anything, Gonzo? I don't think so. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. That's right. And make sure to tune in next time right here to Canary Cry News Talk. But until then, all together now, think outside the cage. Some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man. I'm the last angry man. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati.